Welcome to another edition of the Mexican Soccer Show. I'm Cesar Hernandez, your host for the latest episode. And today we're going to discuss the return to Liga Mekis football, big wins for some new managers like Aguirre and Solari, Eric Gutierrez getting minutes for PSV, and much, much more. Let's kick things off by introducing my co-host. We'll start with Amy Lopez. Amy, how are you doing? What's up, Cesar? How is your uh, journey into cooking going for the new year? Good, good. Like, like, like I was talking to both of you before we started uh, recording. I feel like I perfected chilaquiles in 2020. Now I'm just gonna perfect tortillas, uh, like 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 corn tortillas in 2021. After that, flour tortillas, and just because I feel like, like I said, I wanna wanna like fine tune some like basic food stuff, you know? Like I can cook a bunch of different things, but I don't know. There's a lot of basic stuff that I don't know. I wanna I wanna perfect, but, but yeah. I appreciate this. Approach. I, I don't know where to go with this now. <laughs> I no, I appreciate this approach because. I've perfected so uh, a fidel, sopa de fidel. Like yeah. I, I think I have it down now. Like with the onions and with all the things and things. Uh, the, now wait, I wait. You wanna... put onions in the sopa de fidel? Oh yeah, that's flavor. Yeah, I do. You burn the <gasps> you burn the onion a little bit. My grandma taught me that when I went right before COVID, and then I was like, you know what? I'm gonna start adding it. Like last yeah, year, I do adds a little too. bit of flavor. The issue for me though is whenever I make sopa de fidel, I'm like, ah, oh, this is fantastic. And then I have some leftovers. And then I don't know what it, maybe I cook it too high. And then the next day it still tastes to me. I'm like, this is just pasta. This feels like pasta. <laughs> well, maybe you don't cook it enough. Like before yeah. you add in all the liquid, you don't let it burn. Like I let it burn. I wait until it's like brown. And this has been your how to make sopa de fidel brought to you by the Mexican soccer show. <laughs> like by Campbell's. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're going to go over to Adrian Terrazas. Adrian, I, I, on the last uh, pod, Weiss was asking us about our like, you know, our resolutions for New Year. Uh, do you have any resolutions for 2021? Um, I mean, I always um, have one that's to read whatever amount of books because last year was a terrible year, year for reading, to be honest. I, I'm usually reading something, but last year it just took me forever to just have time to pick up a book. Um, so yeah, this year's resolution, I think was, I haven't written down somewhere, but I think it's seven books this year just because I know I get distracted and I start I start reading a lot but I start reading like like work-related stuff so that just takes away from my like leisure <laughs> time like for reading and what novels and stuff um so that was one of them um take a couple of courses on just anything like just whatever it could be cooking or it can be I don't know digital marketing or whatever but just make sure I take a couple of courses and just anything that interests me I think that's um something good to just keep yourself like updated and, and stuff you like um and we have like a cooking challenge talking about making tacos and, and, and tortillas and everything um we have like a, a cooking challenge that we want to have like every month do some like do a recipe that we really like we liked on, on youtube or like a gordon ramsay kind of thing um so i think our mount everest for this year will be a beef wellington Whoa. Um, which we're totally not prepared for so we'll probably do that all the way like in november december <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think this month we want to try and do like a salt crusted branzino thing. So if anyone has any tips on how to do that at all, <laughs> like from buying the fish to actually getting it done, um, yeah, we'd appreciate it. Yeah, because that's, that's it. I don't know. It's a cool challenge, but we're, we're kind of intimidated by it. That's, I mean, that's really impressive. I thought like you were going to like say some like, I know, kind of like, uh, I know something a little more base, but beef Wellington, that's like, that's our Mount Everest. Yes, if we get to do that, yeah. Well, we'll keep us updated on that. But, but <laughs> we still have to build up, build up tons of confidence to actually get to that point. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm just trying to make tortillas. But <laughs> I don't know how to make tortillas. That, 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 I, yeah, I, I you know, like usually just go here and there's like a tortilla place like every couple of blocks or something. So I don't really don't know. I mean, I know how they make it. I've not actually done them. Um, you know how you get the dough when you kind of like like squish it with this like metal thing and stuff like that. I mean, my grandma used to do it, but I don't even think I have that the squishing machine anywhere. I'll have to check that. Oh, there you go. It's a yeah. purchase you can make. So maybe you can perfect that as well, and then you can teach me how to perfect it. Because I feel like well, now we're just talking about making food right now. We should probably talk about Liga Mike really quickly. <laughs> like, I saw some like link, and it was like it was specifying. It's like oh, it has you has to heat up the water to this specific temperature. I'm like. Why does it have to be at a specific temperature? But anywho, let's dive into the first Liga Mackey's weekend because I could talk about tortillas of food for quite some time. But let's start off with, uh, for, for me, I mean, I, I think we could talk about Tigres uh, versus Leon. We could talk about America. But I want to start off with Javier Aguirre getting his first win with Real. It's a 2-0 win over Atlas. 
Adana, we'll start with you. Your, your thoughts on this game, your thoughts on Aguida getting this win. I mean, let's just be honest with whatever squad Rayados had, it's like when you look at Rayados and Tigres, you're like, you're kind of thinking who could actually be um, strong enough to just make them even get a draw. So not many changes. I think he actually only had a couple regarding um, Mohamed's last uh, lineup in the regular season. I mean, you've got players with tons of experience, uh, Funes Mori, obviously, Jansen, um, Avilas Hurtado, who was not an entirely always a starting uh, player for, for Mohamed. But still, I mean, great, great, um, great first game for, for Javier Aguirre. Um, I, I mean, I'm not, I think it's more of a confidence issue that he has to work on for Rayados than actually moving pieces with the team. Because again, you have so, so much talent in pretty much every single area of, of, of the team um, that I really don't expect him to do that many changes. So I, I, was, I mean, you look at Atlas and yeah, they've suffered um, several players being, being absent for the start of the season. Um, Diego Coca, I mean, still trying to get confidence as, as a Liga Max coach. So, yeah, I mean, I was, I was pretty confident Aguirre would have uh, a victory for the start of the season and just looking into how he does with teams that I think will be potentially a bit more dangerous, like uh, America, the Tigres, I mean, obviously the Clásico Regio. But yeah, I mean, just I think it was a start of season we kind of expected with Aguirre. Yeah, and you do kind of feel bad a little bit for Atlas. I mean, there is the news that Julio Forch would be out. I'm sure that yep. really threw, because I mean, because you th when you talk about like a, a player who could be a focal point in the attack, like, I mean, obviously you, you look at the lineup, they probably like hoping to have, you know, passes from Luciana Costa or Victor Malcora going up to, to Forge. So obviously that threw everything out the window. I mean, they ended up getting a red in the game too by the 60th mm -hmm. minute. And by, and by this point, Atlas were already down two nothing. They, <laughs> when, when uh, I think it was Jose Avea, when he got the red, both their central defenders already had yellows at that point. Luis Vez, who was playing left back, wasn't having the best game. It just, it just was not an ideal start to the season for Atlas. And of all the opponents for them to be going up against, against a side like Rayados, it's just, it was going to be just so tough for them to come back from this one. But yeah, great. Um, and, and and they did get Milton Caraglio back. I mean, from from Cruz Azul. I mean, obviously Cruz Azul was uh, wasn't too happy about that. I guess now they now they had to look for a striker. But it was just like one of those last-minute moves, and you think about how, how you were just looking forward to having Julio Furch <laughs> in your starting lineup, and now you're going to miss him for uh, several weeks. So you kind of move around really quickly. They got Caraglio back. So let's see how he does with Atlas, and let's see how Cruz Azul responds and gets a striker last minute. Yeah, and like you said uh, earlier, I mean, shout-out to Rogelio Funes Mori, uh, who got two goals in this game. One that was off the penalty. Uh, well, that's helped Seguida get his first win. We also saw Jonathan Gonzalez uh, got some minutes off the bench. I think, I mean, he, he came on, I think I want to say it was like the 81st or 80th, but I think with injury time, that might've been like the most amount of minutes that he's had in a game since. I, Remember he, he like actually August said goodbye to like. I, the last like dance, he like posted the last, he posted the last yeah. dance on Instagram. He posted something on he Instagram, said, like the last dance. And everybody was like, all right, I guess he's, he's leaving. Yeah, MLS is, yeah. Yeah, and that's what a lot and, of us thought, yeah. Yeah, he's got, yeah, I'm actually looking at how many minutes he got last season. Last season, his the most amount of minutes he got in a single game was 18, week two against Leon. That was as much as he got last season. The, the, the other games are nine minutes, eight minutes, 13, four, one, um, <laughs> and nine. So, yeah. yeah, definitely not the best scenario for Jonathan Gonzalez. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's having a tough year, so... I mean, hopefully he'll start getting a little bit more intense with competition and, and try to get a lot more minutes. But yeah, it seems really difficult. Yeah, hopefully things can change, uh, you know, for him. And obviously, like, you know, a lot of us are rooting for him because, you know, you know, from Northern California, but he, you know, does have that connection to the Mexican national team. We're hoping he can, you know, potentially get some more minutes. Because right now, I mean, it's just, it's just really tough for him on the depth chart for not only you know, the national team, you know, you don't exactly see him as a key player for L3, but at the same time, you don't exactly see him getting being a key player for for Rayados either. Yeah. Um, Amy, your thoughts uh, on this game, whether it be Jonathan Gonzalez, Funes Mori, Aguirre, I mean, what, what comes to mind when you're, when you're thinking about this game? I think what comes to mind most is the fact that, I mean, they got a solid win, but it wasn't even that amazing of a performance. So, but yeah. But their confidence obviously is going to be up. You're talking about, you know, Aguirre giving minutes to some, some players you weren't expecting. And that puts a lot of pressure on America, who I'm sure we're going to talk about next. Didn't exactly look great. Yeah. They, they are in a place of, 
like kind of trusting the process since it's so new with everything happening. Um, but it really puts it really puts in perspective like the way that these two teams are going into it. Um, so for me, it was that it was that they. I mean, it was a solid win, but it wasn't that impressive. But it does leave you excited for what's to come for them moving forward. I think we should talk about the America, though. I mean, we should move on to Santiago Solari. I mean, he was watching from the stands, but nonetheless got a narrow two-one win for America over over San Luis in his first game in charge. I mean, Amy, are you? I mean, I know it was a narrow result. You needed Cordova to to step in and get a get a late goal with an assist from Pedro Aquino, but. Were you happy with this all? Were you thinking at the same time maybe San Luis gave him a, a surprising amount of trouble? What, what, what were your thoughts on the on this first game for Solari? My immediate first uh, thought was in reference to the Liamix preview last week, where Ivan came out and said that Cordova was going to be the most important player. I'm and then he saying, got the goal. <laughs> and then he got the goal. I'm not saying he was going to be wrong about that. It's just like we all know, Ivan's been very, very upfront about how he feels about Cordova, and then to put that kind of pressure, put him on that platform, I was like, oh wow. Um, then doesn't start obviously that was probably kind of like Solari just wanting to see how the different players work within you know the field together but that also that being said it was like it was it, it wasn't a just like like you weren't impressed the way that you looked at Monterrey getting like a 2-0 win and be like oh okay we can see what's going on once again America just kind of looks all over the place you're not sure what's happening I think it's a bad look if your best player is your goalkeeper i mean it is ochoa so that bar is obviously always going to be met but i mean we don't know what's going on with roger martinez he barwin's is a is available on the list but he didn't play you you don't start cordova vinas or medina again understandable because you're trying to see how all the players look but it just felt once again like you're not sure what's happening you're not sure what's going on and yeah, you get a you get a you get a win where you're supposed to against Atletico Madrid, but you're I mean sorry Atletico San Luis, but you're hopefully we're Atletico de Madrid. I, I have no awesome. idea why I said that. <laughs> it I'm makes sense though. It, oh, same owner, like ownership, so you know, makes sense. <laughs> and then you're gonna face off against Monterrey next week. So I don't know. We'll see. That's gonna be their big test. That's gonna, I mean, it's not a huge test. I'm not saying you know fuera Solari out of nowhere, but it is gonna be. An interesting <laughs> It is going to be an interesting test when they face off against Monterrey next week. Did either of you see the person who posted? <laughs> yes. What up, Yoko? I didn't see it, but I did read a WhatsApp message that said they're back, and I was like, I think they were never gone. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you see the other one that said regresa, Yoko? <laughs> when they when uh, somebody <laughs> tied it up one one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's pretty funny. But but the very I mean, here's the thing for a medic. I mean, I guess if you're looking for some good news, though, it's it's the fact that two newcomers have already made an impact in their first game. Mauro Linus oh, yeah. scored. He did, he only needed 26 minutes, 25 minutes to score his first goal. Uh, Pedro Aquino, I, after stepping on the second half, I, I think it only took like 10, 20 minutes uh, for him to get the assist uh, for Cordova's goal. So. I mean, Amy, your thoughts? Because I think, at the very least, that's like a promising sign that the, that some new faces are already having an impact. Oh, for sure. And I, I didn't tweet it out, so everybody's gonna say like how convenient. But I did say I did think for what it was worth, Linus was putting pr probably the most effort in those few in the first couple minutes than like anybody else on the field. You know, it is the first game, so that. But I I was impressed with what he was doing, and then to make that individual play to get that goal was was super impressive. So. Um, yeah, as for what it's worth, yeah, the refreshers are coming in good. I was kind of amazed not oh, yeah. seeing, um, yeah, not seeing Cordova in the starting lineup. I mean, just knowing how vile he's been for Herrera, um, playing practically every position except goalkeeper, I think, at some point. I mean, he was just one of those players that you were like, dude, we've got tons of injuries. Could you play like central defense or something? And yeah, he would just go for it and be like, yeah, no worries. Um, but yeah, I mean, just showing how much potential he has. I'm still really expecting him to leave anytime soon. I was kind of expecting him to leave um, during this break, but it is a shorter break and negotiations, I, get, I, I guess, are a little bit more complicated. So I'm really hoping he has a really great season and leaves sometime soon because I think he's just at the point where he's proven um, his potential, his talent. And yeah, regarding Linus, um, it was kind of funny because he the last time Diego scored was two years and a month to the date of, of uh -huh. Mauro Linus's um, goal it was two years ago and I remember um, Diego actually left to Betis on 
one day, it was 2018 on the 10th of, of January and Mauro scored on the 9th, which is kind of funny. So it, yeah, so pretty big day or weekend for, for the Linus brothers, just seeing Mauro score um, a couple of years um, after his brother's last score and seeing Diego also like just beat a couple of years after he scored, he signed with Betis and doing a lot better last week as well. So yeah, I thought it was kind of funny how both of them had really great weeks, um, a, a pretty great week um, this weekend. Now I'm just thinking about that, the Cordova situation, because I was also thinking, oh, like, why isn't he in the 11? And in my first, I was like, I was like, well, maybe it wasn't reported. Maybe there was some sort of like slight, like muscle and maybe he just isn't like fully fit. And that's just, I didn't really think twice about it. I was just like, oh, that's why he's not get, getting any minutes. But could we say maybe, like, is, is, it, is it too much of a stretch to say that maybe, uh, I was gonna say Piojo, but maybe Solari is thinking about uh, a situation where America might not have him in the near future. And that's why instead of, Playing him where I guess he would who would have played for Madalinas, he would have played for Gio, he would have played for I guess Leo Suarez. He could have potentially played for either of those players. Like instead of doing that, he kept him on the bench just in preparation of Cordova potentially leaving soon. I know. Yeah, that could have been the case. I mean, the thing is, sadly enough, I don't think we've heard that many rumors recently about Cordova leaving. There were some at some point. I think they were from Spain. Um, but then yeah, we kind of like like lost any indication about other clubs looking into him and stuff like that, which I hope we get some of those soon. I mean, the transfer window ends on the 31st, so technically he could still leave, but it just doesn't seem as though there's anything like like cooking anywhere. Just something that we should be aware of. I honestly think he needs to prove himself again. I mean, I yeah. know that they didn't have the greatest exit from last season, but for me, the biggest disappointment, and again, that's I'm not, I'm not trying to be hyperbolic when I say that, was a performance against LAFC. Um, yeah. Because it wasn't it wasn't the greatest game from him. I mean, we, he scored a goal for him, uh, you know, this weekend. Good for him. That confidence is going to go up. But that was one of the key kind of like, you know, failures for me was that he didn't step up. I mean, granted, you're going up against Velal, who just overtook the entire show that day, plus all the drama. But I think that played a lot into the, you know, the immediate future. I don't think, like I said, I think it's something that he has to now prove himself with. Does he have the talent? Of course, but I, I think he needs to start like start over again. But it doesn't help that he's not starting neither. No, I think that's an excellent point. Um, any other any other final thoughts on uh, America or San Luis before we move on to Tigres versus Leon? I'm really eager to see them against Monterrey. I think that's going to be yeah. like yeah. Solari's real like inauguration to Liga MX. By the way, I think he's going to be on the bench for that game now. Um, which I, I mean, he was, he was technically on the bench. I mean, he was just watching the game like from the stands <laughs> with a walkie-talkie. So, yeah, it's weird. But yeah, technically he'll be in, on the bench for for Monterrey. Does America just have walkie-talkies like set to go? Yep. <laughs> Batteries ready and everything. Yeah. Channel set. Still, just turn them on. <laughs> they probably still have like Piojo's like like name on them. Like. <laughs> Piojo took kids and got radio frequency from his. He's like, what? They're calling me again. They're calling right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to the big game of the Liga Mekis weekend. Uh, it was Tigres uh, basically showing off their new attacking setup with Gignac and Carlos Gonzalez stepping up uh, up top. I mean, I think we, a lot of us predicted it was going to be like a 4 4 2. You know, they're going to have both those players up top. And, those two would be the focal points, and guess what? Both the, both of them scored. You know, both of them in a, in a pretty dominant performance. And Amy, did you get a chance to watch this game? Any thoughts on? I mean, just for for me, I think this this was one of the more uh, dominant performances of the weekend. Was Tigres uh, over Leon? I didn't because I had to go make a quick uh, food for less run at the beginning. But when you see, I obviously have to watch the highlights and look at the goals. And I mean, it's you see Gignac and I, I we talked about this last time I think they're gonna go into this season with a little bit more momentum because yeah. they have the champion you know the uh, Concraft Champions League victory they're looking forward to the Club World Cup so I think they're gonna want to stay like in rhythm and in fitness and, and I, I mean you're going up against Leon who just won the title so obviously there was that factor into it um I just because he is not on the podcast today I just like to go ahead and quote um Wiso saying oh, that okay. he always knew that Leon wasn't going to beat Tigres. He said he said this. 
So he said in the yeah. chat, and just want to make this point as well, since he's not here to speak as our official Leon spokesperson. And to be, <laughs> and to be fair to Leon, that wasn't their best 11. Like, we, we shouldn't pretend as if that was their best 11. When you see, uh, what was, it was like a 4-4-2. It looked like uh, Nico Sosa was playing up top. Uh, you saw Godinez playing in the attack. You know, obviously, Luis Montes wasn't in there. You didn't see Joel Campbell. You didn't see Manessa. I mean, this, is, this was not their best 11. So I think when I saw the 11 that, that was going to be put out there, I kind of assumed that Tigres were going to get the win here. You know, like maybe maybe this Leon side could have done a decent job against another Liga Mekis team, but <laughs> up against a team like Tigres, it was just going to be incredibly difficult for them. You know, it was just going to be exceedingly difficult for them. But but shout out to Tigres. I mean, I mean, if, for, for what it's worth, they finished with uh, the highest XG number of the league in Mikey's weekend. Obviously we're not this, we're not including uh Pachuca versus uh, Juarez, which is, uh, which are playing right now while we're recording, but from the rest of league in Mikey's weekend, I mean, they just had the highest number uh, than any other league in Mikey's team. They, they launched more shots. They just uh, plenty of shots on target. It was just, I know. I, I thought it was a very, very convincing performance. And uh, Adriana, Adriana, your thoughts on this one. Um, I do think Leon just wasn't up to par with what we expected. I mean, being Liga MX champion, um, coming in from the offseason. I mean, I, I think Tigres took advantage of that. Uh, <laughs> just by looking at the squad, Tigres is always usually winning, like 1-0 at least, uh, against anybody. Um, I was pretty happy to see Carlos Gonzalez score because I'm guessing it's a lot of pressure when you come in to a team that has just that amount of of fans and pressure and the CONCACAF championship and being the best Liga MX team of the decade, uh, just coming in and, and scoring, knowing that Andre Guignac could have done it or just about any other player in Tigres. So I, I was quite happy to see him um, score and just start off his, his time with Tigres with that goal. And yeah, I also I also think what, what, about what Amy was saying, how Tigres, I mean, we're just used to seeing them have like a really slow start to Liga yeah. MX seasons. They're usually, I mean, it's not that they're losing, but they're just not playing hundred percent to what we know they can they're just making it through and just making sure that they get like like some victories and not really pushing themselves and then when it comes to Liguilla it's like an entirely different league that's the tournament they're waiting for Liguilla but now since they have to get um or just maintain the rhythm going into the club world cup they just can't do that for this season and it does look as they were playing like starting off from last season so it is a, a, a different thing that we're used to with Tigres. We, again, we're just used to seeing them start off a little bit slower. So just, I mean, hopefully the, t the team will be just keep up on that rhythm and reach the Club World Cup in their best condition possible because I'm guessing we're all kind of rooting for them, um, not only because they're a Liga MX team, but because I, I think it is a team that has deserved to prove itself internationally. I think we just had about 30 Diados fans who just stopped the podcast right now. Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> they just turned off. <laughs> but uh, but no, I tweeted this out, but like, it must be so frustrating for Liga Mekis managers to be going up against Tigres because it's like, we know they're going to play a 4-4-2. We know that, you know, Carioca... We have to cover Gignac, we know. <laughs> yeah, it's like, there's you know there's Gignac. You know that Carlos Gonzalez is like going to play up top there. You know, you know that... I mean, you look at the 11, you're like, cool, Fulgencio and Quinones, they're just be like, they're just be traditional wingers. It's like such an old school, it's just like, it's a 4-4-2. They're two strikes. Yeah, it's, yes, it's yeah. predictable, yeah. But and like, still, you, unbeatable. You can't, it, but you can't and, and like, it's it's going to be, and yes, like, obviously, it's Liga Mekis. Of course, like, they're probably going to lose, like, three to two against Puebla or whatever, like, in whenever they <laughs> whenever they go up against each other. <laughs> but for most Liga Mekis teams, like, it must be so infuriating for managers to know Who's going to be doing what? You can even predict. I mean, I tweeted this out. You know some of the subs he's going to be making, too. Like, you know, like, some of the players will be coming off the bench. And yet, it's just going to be so difficult to stop. And now, especially with having a, a backup plan for for goal scoring when you have Carlos Gonzalez. It's going to be so, so incredible. Like, incredibly tough for Liga Mekis teams against him this season. Yeah. Infuriating. Frustrating. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I mean... Again, you just look at the at the team, and I, I again, that, I think that's why we're all kind of secretly rooting for them. I don't know if Rayados fans will though, um, but every like the, all the other sixteen teams in the Liga MX, just because they've invested so much in 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 so many players, the facilities, the team in general. You have a coach that's been there for years. I mean, only two teams 
this season have coaches that, that have been there longer than I think a year. And that's Leon and Tigres. That's it. All the other teams have coaches that came in last season or this season. So when you have a project that looks that solid, you have great players. Um, yeah, albeit, I mean, you have a team that will start off slow usually every season, but then will just be an entirely different team when it comes into Liguilla where it matters the most. Um, I mean, I, 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 I guess that's why we, we kind of think that, yeah, they're, I mean, not unbeatable, but pretty close to it. Yeah, no, so it's going to be really tough for other league and Mexican opposition. Yeah, we'll see how they do in the, the Club World Cup. That'll be pretty exciting. We'll be keeping you all updated on that once it kicks off in February? I think early February. I should probably figure that out. Yeah, it's like the 1st through the 11th or something. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I'm looking at to Bayern Munich, and they're going to end the Club World Cup, and then they're going to have to play Champions League like just like a week later, and it's just going to be complicated for them, but yeah. And they're just going to be so heartbroken after losing 5 nothing to Tigres, right? <laughs> Naturally. Naturally. Naturally, yeah. We're all expecting that to come, yep. <laughs> Amy, well, we're going to go to you on this. Any other, any other thoughts on uh, other games from the League of Mechies weekend? What else, what else stood out to you from, uh, from the weekend? My boyhood club. Congratulations to Mazatlan for that 3-2 victory <laughs> over Nicaxa. That was fun. That was, was it, really fun. Not only was it fun, I have to say, one – eek like cringe because there were fans in the stands i mean oh yeah of course you do you bro but there were fans in the stands but (laughs) there's nothing like like covid world right there's nothing like living in this world that we're living in now that i was actually physically not not uncomfortable but i was physically alarmed to hear like actual authentic fan noise and celebrations (laughs) during the match like i was like oh that's oh there's fans oh there's sounds wait they align with the game oh that's right that's because they're there it was so it was it was, I mean, it was a perfect game for this to happen. Again, eek, I hope everybody took care of themselves that were yeah. there. But highly entertaining match. Super entertaining for me. For me, it was like the game of the, the weekend, in my opinion. Yeah, that was, and like, it easily could have gone either way. I think you could have potentially seen even, even more goals from either side. That no was... defending, just vibes the entire game. <laughs> amazing. And they had really good goals. Like there were some solid headers from Mazatlan. Nekaxa got a few good goals in there. It was fun. I I enjoyed it. Yeah. Shout out to Alex Zendejas. Uh, He's, I think uh, there's always like, there was like some sort of controversy about like where he's actually from or something like that. Cause like he was reportedly like born in Texas and people were actually saying like, no, he was actually born in Northern Mexico. Either way, uh, he's an FC Dallas uh, youth product. Uh, Used to play in the U.S. youth national team system. Recently was called up to Mexico's U23 training roster. I think it was uh, last November, but he had a pretty uh, nice goal uh, for for Nick Gox. And that's definitely a name to keep it on because I thought close out close out the season like you know playing decently well uh, for Nick Gox, but somebody to keep an eye on. But yeah, lots of goals in this one. That was definitely definitely a fun one. But uh, what else? Uh, I'm trying to look at the other league of results. I mean. Cholos versus Pumas. That was a zero-zero nail biter. So thrilling. <laughs> I mean, so Pumas. So Pumas. <laughs> it was a lot. It was. I mean, the the way that I see it, just like there was just good goalkeeping performances. You know, like that's that's just the way. It's, especially Jonathan Orozco, who played pretty well in that. It that should have been a Pumas win, to be honest. And oh, also yeah. shout out, shout out to Pumas. I know a lot of people were saying it's just like, oh, it's because. The reason why this is happening is because Pumas, you know, don't have the money to make transfers. But nonetheless, they Pumas played. You just sold Carlos Gonzalez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know, right? But yeah. <laughs> but Pumas, yeah, exactly. But Pumas, they they fielded six Mexican players who are who are either twenty three or younger. Six. That's pretty. That's pretty impressive to to see what they did there. And I and I think that they should have got the win there. So shout out to to Pumas right there. And Charles, uh, we'll see uh, what happens. Uh, you know, to them, I, I like the fact that they they're still sticking with Pablo Guede. Um, it's still it's an interesting roster. That I think is capable of qualifying for the playoffs, but I know it looked a little, just a little rusty uh, in that first game. But uh, should we give a a quick shout out to uh, what is it uh, to Chivas? Uh, what did I what did I lose this right here? Uh, Getting oh a draw God. against Puebla. Yeah. Yeah, he, I was kind of that that was a frustrating game Oriva was so close to getting such an amazing goal in the first half and then the bicycle kick that's right yeah I, that bicycle kick was amazing I was like oh my god we're gonna go. oh no also he should have taken the PK he should have claimed it yeah that was like the biggest controversy of the weekend I think just seeing him not take it um I mean I 
I'm, I'm not quite sure why um, he didn't take it. I mean, I, I'm guessing just confidence and I don't know, like someone else comes up and you say, yeah, yeah I want to take the, the PK, just go ahead. I have no idea. What was um, the stat? I think it was like, it was like, like right now of all like active Liga Mekis players, like he's the one who has the most goals in Liga Mekis. And then Jesus Molina, that was the first time he's ever taken a penalty, right? Was that the <laughs> Wait, is that, is that true? Is that the set? I might be, I might be wrong on that. I feel like I heard that. I'm not, I'm not sure. Someone please correct me on Twitter if I'm wrong, but was that the first time he's taken one of the, I'm not. It, I'm, it, I'm, I'm probably the last. That was a terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's not that the goalkeeper, who by the way was making his league of mixed debut, um, Anthony Silva, if I'm, I'm not mistaken. Anthony Silva, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not that he actually guessed it and blocked it. It was just, it was, it was just went through like far right post. I mean, it was. Didn't he also kick. jump, which is Adriana's favorite thing? I jump? hate it when they jump. I hate it. <laughs> I know Raul Jimenez does it, and I I know Alan Pulido does it, um, but I, I really don't like it. I think with PKs, I mean, you have to, uh, first of all, be really confident that you're going to take the PK. You can't have some a, ner- a, play- a player that's nervous or just doubting himself. Um, but despite the confidence, I, I also hate it when they, when they have to, like, when they do, like, a, a Panenka-style PK. I, I, uh, I find it so irresponsible. Um, I think it's always, you have to, like, Take the PK, really strong shot, and and to the sides. I mean, you, you don't want to do it like like mid level or to the center of whatever the goalkeeper is. Um, I think that's always the strategy to go like strong into the sides, strong into the sides, and then he goes and he does it terribly, zero confidence, off to one side. It was just terrible. Yeah. Um, Silver line. And I, I hate oh, it when they jump. I think they lose kind of momentum. I think that's why. Okay, sorry. I'm gonna start ranting. Right? Yeah. No, it's okay. <laughs> I, I, I cut you off there. So I, feel free to rant, <laughs> Other big win of the weekend for me, Cesar. Congratulations on your very, very helpful graphic. I need to know how, why. It's it's beautiful. I'm so proud of you. Oh yeah. I guess if you, I guess if you, if you listen to this pod, you've probably already seen the graphic. Um, it's just how to choose uh, a, a Liga Mackey's team. I just was trying, I'd see, I had some, like, it was a Friday, and, like, there is, like, a bunch of stuff on my to-do list that I didn't want to do. Like, I needed to, like, renew my passport. Uh, there was some, like, I had, like, some, like, wedding stuff. There was some, like, laundry stuff, and I was just, like, and I was, like, ugh, like, I don't know, I was feeling lazy, so I was, like, you know what, I'm just gonna make this graphic, and I thought it would take maybe, like, an hour. It ended up taking, like, three to four hours to try to figure out the right <laughs> path and whatnot, <laughs> It's almost embarrassing, actually, how much time <laughs> I spent on it. And I, I was actually like, I'm glad I got a good response on Twitter and people really liked it. But I was like kind of frustrated with myself on Friday night. <laughs> I was just like, I can't believe I spent like three or four hours making that. Like, is that? Did you draw it first? Was it a blueprint that slowly made its way to the computer as a graphic? No, I just I what I in creating like little paths through the through the Word doc, uh, but like, I'm just looking at it. This is awesome. <laughs> Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I see. I, I love the fact that you, the first question is, how important is winning to you? And there's an option that says, I don't care. And then says, but do you care about fun on social media? And then you have two options. Bring on the lols. And then the next question is, do you like pirates? <laughs> <laughs> it's perfectly executed in any direction you do it. Because, like, even if you don't really get it, you'll slowly get it just by, like, a simple clarification from somebody in the Liga MX world. So I think it's tastefully and well done. So, so well, thank, you. thank you. Thank you. I think the only thing, I, it's like, oh, I just didn't have enough space. But, like, I will say the only thing that, like, people have justifiably given me criticism for is for Chivas. Because they're like, no, they're a big club. They should be like, and I said, like, well, if we're talking specifically for this season, there aren't wins are not, they're not a title contender this season. So that's why I put them in the middle. I know obviously they're a big club and there's a lot of history, but it's not, wins are not guaranteed. Just, just drama. And I guess I, I put, had put Telemundo for whatever reason. <laughs> but anywho, any other thoughts on the, the other two games? Should we should we briefly uh, discuss uh, Santos getting the one nothing win over Cruz Azul? I mean, I don't think either t- either team played brilliantly. I think we expected more from Cruz Azul. But shout out to Santos uh, with that goal last from Diego Valdez pushing them to one nothing win over Cruz Azul, and therefore uh, Juan Reynoso not starting off his tenure on a on a positive note. I mean, I, I, and he I, plays against Puebla next week. That's going to be really Ooh, cool. Really? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's Cruz Azul facing their coach's former team. That's going to be pretty interesting. I'm, I mean, I was surprised with, with, with Santos. I think they played pretty well. Yeah, that golazo from Diego Valdez was just yeah. amazing. And um, there's a saying down here that says um, goal missed is a goal you're going to get like against your own team. I mean, Cruz Azul missed a really clear shot, and a yeah. minute later they get that goal from Diego Valdez. So it's, uh, I, I think in Spanish it goes, Gol desperdiciado, gol en contra, or something like that. Like if yeah. whatever a really clear um, occasion to just get a goal you miss, you're, you're probably going to get that against you. So yeah, that happened for Cusasul <laughs> starting off the season. Um, I mean, not terribly, but I mean, I do think they're missing several players. We know the Caraggio situation; they're missing a striker. Um, I don't know. I just feel like they're missing probably some someone else in midfield. And I'm not. Enti- I, I love the fact that Chiquito Jimenez is getting tons of minutes. I'm just not sure if he's he should be starting, to be honest. I, again, this could be because of Caraglio not being available, but I, I do think they're missing probably a couple of strikers, not only one. I, I do think that amount, that amount of pressure on Chaquito is just way too much at this point. Yeah, and, and Santos Santos, like, I mean, just when you when you look at the difference of the starting 11s, too, just that they definitely, I mean, I guess at Santos, you're accustomed to seeing a, a number of young players in their roster, but I mean, it, it's definitely, I mean, these weren't exact, a lot of these players aren't exactly superstars, you know? You know, you had like 21-year-old Jonathan Diaz playing right back for Santos, Alan Cervantes playing in the middle, he's 22. Ronaldo uh, Pieto, he's 23, he's playing left back. Uh, Even Acevedo, I, I, Acevedo's pretty young. I th- I'm guessing he's like 20, 22 think, or something. I think he's right? 24, but yeah, he's, he's, he's in his early 20s. Jesus Osejo, 20. I mean, it, it, this isn't exactly the most experienced roster, so I was quite impressed with them and yeah shout, I mean you brought Acevedo shout out to Acevedo who I thought had a had a great game as well so I mean that's definitely a, a promising start for for Santos and of course you know because it's Cruz Azul because they have a new manager of course you're gonna you know and of course because the other new you know, high profile managers got wins of course there's gonna be uh, a lot of people continuing to I don't know just uh, criticize what, what's been happening at Cruz Azul in recent weeks recent months well I mean they still have like everything that's going on with like the club entirely like uh, the like the, the company that's behind it i mean there's still no clarity i'm pretty i remember like still a couple of weeks ago um there were reports saying that they couldn't even choose a coach because whoever's in charge didn't have that power and if they did they could be sued um then we had the hugo sanchez story and uh, some like negotiations just ended up like not not going through and then hugo sanchez came forward and said Oh, I thought that they were they were like going to pay for my assistant coach. I didn't understand yeah. that. I thought I had to pay for him. Something like really, yeah. I, I couldn't believe that was the excuse for negotiations not 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 continuing with him. Um, but apparently, that's what happened. They just kind of messed up some part of the, of the deal, and that's why Hugo Sanchez is not coaching Cruz Azul at the moment. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, still all these other stories just kind of distracting the team from like, yeah, what they're trying to do after so many years and just starting off the season on the right foot. But again, I mean, just looking at the squad, I do think you, I, I, I'm guessing Reynoso, his, his biggest challenge is not only what he does on the field, but really like mentally there, there has Great. to be like tons of struggle uh, with the players, just knowing yeah. that what's expected of them, whether or not they're responsible for what has been going on for years in the club. So yeah, really difficult situation. Uh, for Cruz Azul, hopefully, if you bring in someone that actually knows what it is to win with the club, it'll happen. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it, it, they've done it before with other coaches, and it, it, it's really difficult. I mean, when you look at other squads, when you look at Monterrey, you look at America, you look at Tigres. Um, I mean, yeah, you just don't think Cruz Azul is a top contender at this point. Agreed, agreed. And then uh, the Luca got a three to one win over Querétaro yesterday. And uh, I just checked my phone, and Marco Fabian apparently just got a red. I'm not I'm going to catch highlights later. Apparently, just got a red for uh, Juarez in the right now against uh, Pachuca. So that'll be interesting to see uh, how that happened. But <laughs> Amy, let's move on to the Mexicans abroad uh, to you know, to to wrap up the show. Let's. Uh, I think you had a little bit of an update on uh, Raúl Jiménez, correct? Yes. So after we finished recording last week, we did talk about the lack of timeline and, you know, what's happening. Um, They had posted some photos initially of him just like saying hi to the team and all that. But I believe it was Thursday or Friday morning. They did release an announcement uh, quoting them saying he's doing some early fitness work, but still has a way to go. However, things are going well. 
super vague. I mean, for what it's worth, fitness work could mean he's stretching, doing sit-ups. Who knows? He's probably not necessarily handling a ball right now. Um, but at least they did give a little bit of a timeline, if anything, by saying he has a long way to go. So, I mean, we'll see. He, For what it's worth, he's he, he is looking well in his social. I know, like, at the beginning of it, obviously, he wasn't as present. Um, but him and his wife seem to be a little bit more normal, so to speak. So, I mean, I think that's all that matters. I think we all made that initial point. You know, that's all that matters, that he looks well, he looks good. And then we just see if they provide any updates soon as well. Yeah, so hopefully, you know, he has a speedy recovery. And yeah, like we've mentioned, I mean, it's just just more, more than anything else. You know, obviously, we want to see him back on the field. We want to see him scoring goals. But I don't know, just hopefully he takes his time. Hopefully, you know, he... You know, you, you don't want to rush things, you know, with, with something like this. So hopefully he'll he'll bounce back a, at some point soon. But uh, I think he will because there's just tons of rumors about all the players and all the strikers they're looking into, um, thinking about having yeah just someone to back up that position. So it it does seem as though they're not looking into just rushing him or having him anytime soon. Otherwise, I'm guessing they wouldn't have that many rumors because it's not. I mean, it's not been like a rumor. It's been several rumors about players coming into the team um, to just make sure that they have enough strikers. So, yeah, I, I'm guessing they're going to take their time with Raul. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll see uh, how that develops going forward. Uh, but in some, some other good news, we saw that uh, Eric Gutierrez, I mean, speaking of injuries, he's back for PSV. Um, I feel like I lost track of him at times that, I'd look at my phone and see if he was ready. I'd look at my phone and see if he made it to the game day roster. But finally, he's got some minutes for them in the big game uh, versus Ajax over the weekend. Uh, he stepped onto the field during their 81st minute of the 2-2 two two draw. Uh, but at the same time, uh, one uh, Mexico player who did not get any minutes in that game was Edson Alvarez. Uh, did not get any minutes for Ajax in that match. And I don't know, Amy, your, your thoughts on this? Because, I mean, if, if you believe the rumors, I mean, Valencia were apparently interested in bringing over Edson Alvarez, but then Ajax didn't want to let him go just yet. But I don't know, I'd like, I, if you were Edson, I mean, I, I feel like you'd be pushing for a move at this point, right? Because he's just, it's not a, he's not a guaranteed starter for them, and he occasionally gets minutes. And by occasional, that might even be a stretch, too. I don't know, your, your thought on Edson Alvarez's situation. I know that at the time that he moved, it was more of an exporting thing that America was trying to create. But whenever this happens, and granted, we did just talk about Raul Jimenez and he paid his dues and waited a long time to get to the point that he is at. But this is where I get into that conflict of, you know, how much did we really want to push this player to be in Europe and all that stuff? And it must be frustrating for them as players. But yeah, I mean, at this point, you. Either you're either you're looking at this like I'm getting benefits from being here at this club, this you know grand institution, and I'm getting experience, or you're more preoccupied with getting or being able to play. And obviously, from a national scene standpoint, you definitely have to play. So I, we don't know what's on his mind. We don't know how he thinks. But obviously, playing time is the most important. So you, at this point, you just have to start looking for another club. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully, I mean. I just keep your fingers crossed that he'll be getting minutes at some point soon. But it's it's clear both that, of them. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and yeah, and Eric Gutierrez too. But it seems like things are a little bit more promising with with Gutierrez with with PSV because um, when he was on the field for them, like I mean, I guess I'm just talking about. I mean, his la the last time he played for them, other than over the weekend, was in February. But that was always it was it was it was almost a year. I, I counted it was like 322 days or something. I mean, obviously you had COVID in between, and then he had an injury, but. I mean, almost an entire year without having any activity with, with PSV. I mean, that's huge. I mean, just trying to get back into the starting lineup is going to be a struggle for, th for him, I think. Um, and regarding Edson, I would start pushing for the move. I mean, I, I do think that he probably chose the Dutch League because of how much growth he could get in, with, like, in those minutes. I mean, we know that all those teams are usually looking into building up players and then selling them off to other leagues, but it just doesn't seem as though that's happening anytime soon. I'd, I'd start to worry if I didn't start getting any minutes like in the next month or so. Yeah, yeah so we'll see what ends up happening with Edson. Um, some good performance from over the weekend, though. Chucky Lozano continued to be uh, having a good impact for Napoli. He won a penalty for them um, over the weekend, the 2-1 win over Udinese. Uh, Tecatito Corona, I mean, we're just we're now just getting accustomed to just, you know, you know, praising him every week. 
you know, got an assist for Porto in the four to one win uh, over the weekend. I mean, just not only guaranteed starter, but just looks like not the best player in Porto, but just, I mean, we've seen recently he was voted the, the best player of the year, best player of the season. It's just continuing to look quite promising for him. But Amy, your thoughts on either Chucky or Tecatito, because at the very least, it looks like in the near future, like Mexico is like set, you know, with, with our wingers. And it's, and it's really, really promising to see them getting regular minutes and good performances. Oh, yeah, for sure. And for for Chucky, I know we spoke a lot about it where he was getting scolded every now and again, but it's definitely great to see him having such positive performances. Tecatito, as long as he's happy and he's doing well, that's all that matters. Also want to give a shout out to Diego Lainez. Seems like he's getting some more minutes. That's right. He started right. today, if I'm not mistaken. So uh-huh. I know we, I know people are starting to get worried um, because there were some rumors that have now been broken, if I'm not mistaken, about LA Galaxy player Julian Araujo going to Tottenham. As far as I know, LA Galaxy saying that there's no actual truth or validation to that. But I know when it comes to the national team rivalry, um, it's good to see our Mexicans abroad doing well and getting minutes and having confidence. I know. I mean, I know we just spoke about Edson Alvarez, but yeah, in terms of the wings, in terms of up front, it's looking good so far. Julian, if you're listening to this pod, man, join L3. You can't go wrong, man. Can't go. <laughs> they're, just they're... look at Weso's TikToks. Look at Weso's TikToks. We yeah. actually we, we actually went to the last World Cup. Come on, let's go, man. I <laughs> <laughs> you're... Your thoughts on uh, what would it be Diego Linus, Tecatito, Chucky? Oh, you just um, it's looking good I mean, right Ch- now. Mexico's wings. Chucky, wings. I'm just I'm just so happy everything with Chucky happened after he was literally scolded by Gattuso. I mean, just look at how far he's come after being literally like just like taken off the field, off practice of everything, and then he just became an entirely different Chucky, um, which just goes to show. I mean, all all the stories that we've we've heard and have been reported of how. He was just so overconfident and really cocky when he was really young playing for Pachuca. And he would just say to coaches, I don't have to practice because I'm really good on the field. And then you see this happen. You're like, wow, this really is like Chucky at his best. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy he's just continuing to be an important player for, for Napoli despite um, him scoring or not. And regarding Linus, I mean, again, another player that, I mean, you, you kind of try to think sometimes and be, remember how young he is and just be, yeah. just remember that, I mean, we're kind of used to seeing him on the field because that's what he started doing with America. Um, again, he made his debut. Um, I, I mean, he's what, 21 now? Um, he, he made his debut, I think, when he was 16. Um, everything we've spoken about him. And we all thought he was going to be just, that 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 as, as successful in Betis, and I mean, obviously, it was it had to be a challenge for him to grow. But we were all expecting him not to just just come on the field and be a kind of a, like a regular sub or a regular player in the starting lineup. And it's been a little bit a little bit more more difficult for him. But obviously, after we what we saw last uh, last week and today with him starting in with for Betis, it seems as though that possibility is there. So I'm guessing it's just a matter of him being really consistent with his performances and he'll start getting those minutes that we thought he was going to get immediately after after signing with Betty. 100%, 100%. Um, I think that's about it. Amy, do you want to, any other final thoughts about Liga Mekis, life, cooking? Tortillas. Uh, Sopa de, de Fideo. <laughs> what toppings, do you put toppings on your Sopa de Fideo? No. My brother used to put mayonnaise on it back in the day. Ooh, I never understood yikes. it, but mm-hmm. I didn't. I put yeah, sour like, cream but, sometimes. Well, I guess it was like that. It was like either if we didn't have sour cream, he just put mayonnaise and then like mix it and it was good. So. Okay. Do you yeah. guys put bananas? I'm not having this banana rice discussion ever. <laughs> Wait, Wait, on no, no, but not with the rice. With, with, the, with, yeah. What? Try it sometimes. It's really good. Yeah. Try it. That's okay. like, like, like one of my, like grandma's like traditions. Yeah. You put, you put bananas in, in the sopa de fideo. Okay, really? I'll try. I just no. Just try like one. Just put it. Okay, I'll try. I'll try. I'll try it once. Yeah. I have nothing better to do. I'll try it once. Um. Oh, yeah. my last final question. Not, not the you... not the bananas that you fry. Not not the platanos fritos. Not those kinds of bananas. Like just like a regular ones. banana. Those, like regular bananas. Yeah, yeah, regular banana. Yeah. And you cut it, and you would cut mm-hmm. it up the same way you'd cut up like when you're gonna put it in cereal. Yeah. Okay, we'll try it. We'll get back to you. If anybody know, else has it. ever tried this, please let us know. I don't know. know. I'm going to try it. <laughs> Wait, Amy, you said th- you had one more question? Yeah. On a scale of 1 to 10, how much did you enjoy the Nickelodeon foosball thing that they had? I don't even like it. Oh, my God. I was so psyched. It was really cool. I couldn't even see it. They didn't broadcast it here, obviously. <laughs> I mean, we do have Nickelodeon, but we don't have that Nickelodeon. 
Um, I mean, we have the like the U.S. version of Nickelodeon, it's like the Latin American one. And I was looking at all like all the videos on Twitter. I was just so happy <laughs> because I was looking. I don't even like SpongeBob SquarePants. I'm sorry, <gasps> Amy, but it's the truth. Whoa! <laughs> what? What? I, can can we end the pot now? I'm so sorry. <laughs> what? If, how can anybody but, dislike him? I I don't know. I've never I never got into him. Bob and when Spunk I think about Nickelodeon, I think. Spunk, huh? <laughs> the Spanish version of him too. Yeah. <laughs> But no, I, yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, I love, I love that when I found this tweet that you answered and said, what, "What's like the best um, Nickelodeon t- like TV series you've seen or something?" Um, and I started looking at everyone. Everyone, yeah, put like, SpongeBob SquarePants, and I was like, "No, I like the, like the, like old classic um, Nickelodeon shows." Which just goes to show I'm a bit older than you guys. But um, what, like which ones? Doug and Rugrats and Are You Scared no, of the Dark? We're, we're and Clarice explains yeah. it all. We're within that generation. We're definitely yeah, within, we're like on the cusp. We're cuspers. Because I, I would say my my favorite is definitely Hey Arnold. Like it was just oh like, yeah, Hey Arnold. Because yeah. that was such like an adult show for like kids. Like some of the stuff they talk about. That was like the first serious like. Oh show. yeah, they got real on that show. Yeah. It was yeah. cool. Do you guys remember Global Guts? That was really fun. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, absolutely. That was fun. Remember every time, have, like, and we should have like Legends of the Hidden Temple, like, like oh my god, soccer style. That would be see, awesome. but see, but I don't categorize. See, but I categorize those in a very different category. Like they're the, like those are like top notch. Like no question, those are the best. But everybody was talking about cartoons, so that's why I was talking. That's why I was like, yeah, SpongeBob is like the most like best cartoon, and then Fairly Odd Parents is right below that. Like Guts and Guts and Legends of the Hidden Temple is like prime, like yeah. like gold at that status. Everything else is like. Okay, but for cartoons, I'd have Doug, um, Rugrats, Hey Arnold. Um, Trying to think with another one. I like Angry Beavers, but it's not like top five. That would be like yeah. top ten. It was like fun, but it wasn't like incredible. Like cartoons. yeah, I loved Clarissa Explains It All. I really liked that. Yeah. And then Are You Afraid of the Dark was pretty cool too. Yep. Yeah. And Figure It Out. I I love Figure It Out as well. That was fun. Was that the one with? There was like the little like it was like the head and you had to like fill in the spaces. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. yeah. It was like usually a kid that comes up, it had like a talent or a record or something and they had to guess what it was. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was a good show too. What was uh, the show where <laughs> we should end the pod? Last probably. question. If you guys don't know the answer, then it's fair. What was that show where they had to like guess the picture? Like where they like got points the and they would clear up the picture a little bit? No, I don't know what you're uh, okay. I, I don't know. I'll Google it, we'll figure it out. All right, let us, if, listeners, if you're, if you're, and if, if someone you're still is still here. listening to the pod at this point, please let us know what your top five Nickelodeon shows are. <laughs> All right, I think, I think that's it for us. The funny thing is, Adrian and Amy were both, both said that they were like pretty tired before we started recording. So I thought they'd be like really eager to like stop before the podcast. But then we started talking to these TV shows and I'm the one who has to now end it. But, but that's it for us. Uh, thanks to Amy and Adriana. Many thanks to listeners. Uh, don't forget to give us a rating, review, and Apple podcast. Connect with us on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Mech Soccer Show and on Instagram at The Mexican Soccer Show. Thanks again. And until next time, we'll see you in the next episode. See you guys around. Bye.